0: Welcome to Bethel World Outreach Church. Our values are devotion, diversity, and discipleship. Devotion through honoring God by trusting his word, praying, and worshiping together. Diversity by embracing God's heart for every nation. And discipleship by helping others follow Jesus. So join us as we're reaching a city to touch the world. Um, when 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 I was young and, and I was going through... Uh, of my version of a broken family and my natural father was was out of the home. One of the things you do is you make up your own kind of daddy. And when you you just you make him up and when you make them up, you know, they're they're strong, they're mighty, they're they're pretty fantastic. And they're a hero. Soon you learn that you can't live in a fantasy land and so you project that on someone, maybe a parent. You 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 all know how it is. When you're a child, you you turn your parents or your mentor or somebody of authority into a hero. And and when you turn them into a hero, maybe, maybe they give you something as simple as encouragement or advice or clothes or something, but they become a supernatural figure in your life. And they get bigger and bigger and bigger and it, it's a really dangerous thing because at some point you're gonna realize that they are human. Right, right. And usually that's a pretty devastating day when the impossible thing you wanted them to do they didn't make good on somehow the relationship takes the turn for the worst because the disappointment that you feel and thinking that there's somebody on earth that can kind of like solve all your major problems and it really doesn't happen it can actually become a breach or separation in the relationship the real reality is is when our heroes don't do what we want them to do we get disappointed because we can't control who they are or how they speak up. Usually a conversation goes like that, you coulda if you wanted to, if you just really wanted to, if you saw me, if you saw my pain, if you saw what I was going through, you coulda done something. But you chose to do nothing. I'm reminded when I give this little illustration of my own son, James Lowe uh, uh, Jr. a Couple years ago, A few days after George Floyd's death and the day of the riots in Nashville sat me down and looked at me as his dad hero. And he looked at the crisis that was on the TV and everywhere and he began to ask me questions like, what are you going to do? And then he would add things like, because I've seen you do some great things and this is like easy for you. In, in other words, he would say, I need you to be my hero right now and I've got an idea of what it looks like and if me and you can get on the same page, we can get busy right away. The reality was, I did have something to say to the crisis that our nation was going through. It just wasn't hero language to him. And even though it was right language, it is almost as if he was appealing to my supernatural nature but getting my secret identity. You know, he was getting Clark Kent and he wanted Superman. And I believe that the text that we're going to go through today walks us through that tension we have when we look at God and we look at Jesus of having figured out how he should be our hero, figured out how he should be walking through life and what he should be dealing with. But in reality, there seems to be small comprehension of what his true superpower is. I want to look at Matthew 21 as we continue in the second sermon series, understanding uh, who Jesus is, just to provide you context. Let me read it to you and then let me preach it to you. Matthew 21, verse 1, and he says, Now when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethage, the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent the two disciples saying to them, go into the village in front of you and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says to you, you should, uh, anyone says anything to you, you shall say the Lord needs them and he will send them at once. This took place to fulfill what was spoken of by the prophet saying, Say to the daughters of Zion Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, a colt, the fold of a beast of burden. Uh, this is one of my favorite uh, stories in the Bible. This is one of my favorite times of year to, year to preach. But I got to set up the context of what's going on so that you can really understand uh, exactly what Jesus is doing in this particular text. Jesus, uh, a little bit earlier, had raised Lazarus from the dead, and that was causing all of the people to be a, a story. He was dead for days. A lot of people witnessed the miracle, and a lot of people who didn't believe in Jesus were turning to the faith. This got back to the Sanhedrin and, and all. All of, all of the leaders and, and, and they had had enough. What, what, did, what did they had enough of? They had been looking for opportunities to arrest Jesus because Jesus was just irritating them with what he te- taught. He, they wanted to arrest him. The fact that people were following them, they wanted to arrest him. They feared the people, so they didn't a- a- arrest him. They, they tried to throw him off a cliff one time, but he slid past him. Jesus was public enemy number one. the, The worst thing about being public enemy, number one, is he hadn't done anything wrong to anybody. Not like he was sinning or hurting people, he was actually helping people. But the reason that the Sanhedrin did not like them, if you read this, and I think John 11 or John 12, I forgot. uh, It it was said that if we keep letting Jesus take this level of prominence, he said, we may lose the temple and the Romans might get another partner besides us. They were jealous of Jesus and did not want to lose their particular uh, position they were in a fight. Jesus, the Bible says, uh, because of all of this tension around his name, the Bible says he went into the wilderness and he laid low for a while. He went into hiding. You know, I just want you to know, you know, when you think about your hero, you don't ever think about your hero hiding. You don't ever think about your hero being in obscurity. You don't ever think, you think about your hero saying, "Here, here I come to save the day. You know, you just, you think about the guy showing up right in the middle of Christ. And it seemed like the world is going wrong and Jesus is like, all right, let's, let's, let's lay low. Where's the cave? Let's, let's just get to the wilderness. It seems like every time people anticipate that Jesus should be doing something uh, that's basic, that's common sense, he seems to be taking steps backward instead of steps forward. And the, where we pick up the text now, though, is as if Jesus has shifted his whole, whole passive mindset. He shifted from being uh, secretive, uh, aloof, mysterious, don't tell anybody who I am, to finding the prophecies in the Bible that declare him big time above and beyond all they could even think or imagine. This is almost as if Jesus is a good fight promoter. He's built up this tension that he's the underdog and he can't lose. And now the underdog says, I I, I don't like how you've been talking. So let me go on to say, I'm about to fight you. And I'm going to reveal my identity. It's like in Rocky. Remember when Rocky got Apollo shorts? It's like, you know, it's like, like, okay, okay. I'm putting on new power. I'm putting on the flag. And so Jesus is about to show up, he's going to manifest himself. And when he manifests, he's taking the highest risk. The Bible says that the Sanhedrin, because they did not like Jesus, didn't just want to arrest him, didn't just say to everybody, if anybody sees Jesus, I want you to arrest him. They said, when you see him, we want to get him so we can kill him. And if you find Lazarus too, we'll kill him too. A murderous spirit had entered in and they wanted to hurt Jesus. Jesus is not oblivious to this because he's avoided it. But now he's saying, if you want to hurt me, it's going to happen on my terms, in my way, based on who I am and not who you want me to be. So you want me to show up? I'm I'm going to give you the prime opportunity to get me. Because you think you can take my life and you don't know that I lay my life down to redeem. He's manifesting himself, even though it's a risk to him physically. And then when he gets there, he tells, this is the funny part of the scripture, he tells the disciples, hey, go and get, you know, get this donkey from this guy. You know, and and if anybody tell you, you know, stop you, Say the Lord have needed it. And in another uh, gospel account, it said the owner came out and said, "Hey, hey, 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 what y'all doing in my uh, my Bentley?" And the uh, disciples said, "The Lord had need them." Can you imagine somebody getting in your car and just trying to drive off? You just would have a problem with that. But the reason I call Jesus a great fight promoter is because I think in the foreknowledge of God, he had already set up what he needed to do to, to actually borrow this particular beast of burden because Jesus is not just making any statement, he's making the right If he would, if he would have chosen a horse, maybe I would have think, you know, okay, this, this is about to be some real fighting on. But I want you to note the animal that he chose was a beast of peace, It's almost as if they were looking for a warrior and they're getting a diplomat. Solomon came riding in uh, on the donkey. And we see different uh, kings throughout history riding in uh, in in this particular format, but what he was really announcing is according to Zechariah 9, 9, that he is the king. He is the ruler. You know, you gotta understand that angels had announced this and men had announced this. Jesus was really obscure, but he was he was he laid low. But you they have pushed Jesus to the point he said, You want to fight, here comes one. And I am who you think I am the king. And the king has a kingdom and he has a system and he has a way of doing things, and the king has never been afraid of anybody. He manifests himself at great risk to himself. But they needed to know that he was the king. When you pick it up in verse six, I want, I want to show you some of the temperament of the people and what was really going on. He said in verse six, the disciples uh, went and they did what Jesus had directed them to do. First of all, I was, let, me, let me stop there. If two things happened so quickly, he said the man who owned the donkey, he said, just tell him the Lord have need of him. And then the disciples did something that was maybe difficult or unsure for them to do. A king requires your obedience. Uh, say that. A lot of people want a king, That's good. That's good. but they don't want to obey him. I want Jesus to show up and do some stuff. I, I want Him to rule some stuff. I want Him to get some stuff in order. But usually He starts with finding out if you want to serve Him. That's right. Hey. Do you want to do what Jesus wants you to do? Do you want to handle your business? Do you want? Do you want to actually uh, uh, go? Come on, my, my. This is, that was a side note. They brought the donkey and in the colt and they put on them their cloaks, and he sat on them. Can you imagine at this particular moment, the disciples, I believe, are probably getting giddy because they know they've surrendered their life, their jobs, their way of being and everything for this moment, and Jesus is getting, Jesus is about, this is the moment. His brother knew he needed to be in Jerusalem. The disciples always wanted him to go to Jerusalem. All the people feared him coming to Jerusalem. And this is the moment. You have to imagine the butterflies that are in the disciples' uh, body. Okay, this is it. This is Passover, everybody's gonna be there. The fight is happening. This is like getting ready for the Super Bowl in Christianity. This is it. This is the. This is the game. And they're like getting them ready. Can you imagine how they patting that donkey down? Yeah, throwing it. Yeah. and then a little bit of argument. And like Thomas, hey, let me use my coat. No, you wasn't first. I got my coat here. Then you next. Then Matthew. You you keep order. Come on now. You know it, it, it was a situation. In them was not in their heart to see Jesus accomplish that which he was setting out to accomplish. In their heart was a level of manipulation. Their obedience was, was somehow tainted, if you were, it would say this, I don't know what's in their heart, but I consider it a little bit tainted because they had motivations that were different than God's motivation, than Jesus' motivation. They were working not for him, they were working for them. And I'll prove it because you might not believe me yet. He said most of the crowd spread their, their, their coats on the road and, and, and others cut branches and from the trees and they spread on the road. So it looks like everybody's doing this. Looks like everybody's interested in serving the Lord and obeying the Lord and doing whatever he wants. He's king. Look like everybody's interested in that. And the crowds, they went before him and they followed him and they were, they were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up saying, who is this? Jesus is coming in And he's not coming into a crowd who want to know him as the king he really is as the hero he really is, as the superhero he really is, with the mission that he really has. They want to know if he's going to eradicate the evil that they see, not the evil in them. They want to know if he's going to deal with the Romans who are crucifying people on the road, dominating them, forcing their religion into a corner. Are you going to deal with them and show them that our nation has the best king? They wanted a political uprising this is this is this is this is people coming to say why don't you take over This is going all the way back to 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 people who have conflict and they rage against the machine and they become rebels and they become revolutionaries and this is what history says you're allowed to do, but Jesus is maybe being silent in this subject maybe it was The Judaizers, yeah, one Judaizer that was a, maybe they wanted, you know, Jesus to hand out some knives so they could go through the crowd and just knife people and cut Achilles and stuff like that. that. Then you had all of the people beginning to cry out, Hosanna, Hosanna. The scripture said they cried out, And this cry, you have to understand, it's not just saying some stuff. I I don't want to yell so loud in the church that you, but I'll give you an illustration what they're they're saying is, they say, Hosanna! Hey, Hosanna! (laughs) Hosanna means help. Help! Save! Now! Hosanna! You're the king, you're my hero. I'm broken, I'm ignored, I'm enslaved, I'm oppressed. I need justice, Hosanna, 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 save us, I'll give you my coat, I'll give you all the honor you want, but I have conditions, you have to save me now, it's based on manipulation. It's a deal I want to make with you, I'll worship you if you save me from my situation but you got to do it now. Wow. Jesus manifests himself as king, he gets to set all the rules and the first thing that happens is a bunch of manipulation from the people closest to him to the people furthest away from him and the scripture said there was a crowd following Jesus. All the people he healed, all the people he taught. Zacchaeus was in that crowd, Mary, Martha was in that crowd. There were people in that crowd there's another crowd coming this way that was already in Jerusalem. The Bible says they were already looking for Jesus, they were already waiting for Jesus and when the news came out, hundreds of thousands of people converging together saying, yeah, this is the moment the fight is on, our hero is here. The Romans are going to see who our God has been throughout history. Hallelujah. He doesn't leave us in peril. He always rests us. You know, when you call on the name of the Lord, he say, I can imagine the pride that comes up, but those who are oppressed to a certain degree are saying, but save us now. Let's get it on. Start the fight. Because he's punching me right now. He's whipping me right now. He's oppressing me right now. Does that sound familiar? Throughout this world, there are oppressed people groups. Yeah, yeah. In Myanmar, they're oppressed. In the Ukraine, they're oppressed. Yeah. There's, there's injustice in the United States and everybody is crying out to the Lord, where are you at? Save us now. My, oh, my. Hmm. my son said, Dad. Ooh, I remember that with tears. I just He said, Dad, you can do Anything, wow. Wow. be my hero. Wow. Save us from this moment. You can, you can change what's going on in the United States. You, you just like King. Man cannot handle those type of titles because he is not King. He is not a superhero. But it's in human nature to search for a man to do a God's job. And I'm gonna prove it, they said, the crowd as they got stirred up and the fight wasn't happening. Jesus wasn't doing nothing now. In fact, the Bible said he was silent. And you, you can you imagine, you pay your money for a fight and you say, this is what we get? Man, who gonna throw some, this is it? my. And they went from hosanna and all that stuff to who is this? This this is not what I paid for. This is not what I'm looking for. This is not what I signed up for. Wait a minute, I'm getting shipped out of this. We wanted a hero, we got a zero. Wow. In fact, if you look at verse 11, it's really scary. I want y'all to read uh, uh, b- verse 10 together as they say, Who is this? And look how they, look how they, they talk about Jesus now. Uh, read that. Say, Who is this? Who is this? And. The man, they have dumbed him down to his earthly identity with, with an anointing. This is not the king of kings and lord of lords. This is not the one who is bringing humility and grace and justice and salvation as the king. You just, Jesus and Nazareth, Where Mary and Joseph, this boy done lost his mind. Who is this? He's making us feel like he's something, but Jesus, we know who you are. You from Nazareth, man. You from, you Nat, Nat, you a Nat boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You ain't fooled nobody. Wow. Because when people cannot manipulate you, they will turn on you when people cannot control you they will con- turn on you when i cannot give my family my community what they want and they can't control me i'm no longer a hero i'm a zero and i can't figure out what to do because manipulation says do what i want you to do not what he assigned me to do he had manifest himself already he is king, it's undisputed, it's, it's unmovable, it cannot be changed. It doesn't matter if you like it or he does anything you like, he is king. Hey! Hallelujah. Yes, Who is this? Hey. <laughs> Nazareth, wow. Galilee. Wow. It's another way of saying, ain't, this ain't for me. Wow. Man, we showed up to nothing. It's just almost as if as fast as the crowd has gathered, it dissipates. And while there's a lot more to the narrative in Matthew's account, we jump already to the 12th verse and, and we see where Jesus spends the balance of his time. About five days from before his death, Jesus enters the temple. After all of that, and he drives out those who sold and bought in the temple and he overturned the tables of the money changers and in the seats of those who sold pigeons he said it's written my house should be called a house of prayer but you've made it into a den of robbers they they wanted violence they were provoking violence but they didn't get an angry guy they didn't get a guy who was passionate to overthrow the world system. And let me just give you a commercial break. Perhaps the God we still serve is not interested in overthrowing the world system. Perhaps use your voting rights to vote for whoever you want. But perhaps he did not put his trust in a king, an earthly king, or an earthly system. Perhaps he needed to demonstrate this while he was on earth so that we could bypass the anger uh, and the frustration that we feel when our hero is not doing what we want him to do. He goes to the house. And, where he, get, and he starts getting tough with the people in the temple. Right, right, right. What y'all doing? He turning over tables. He acting Crazy. But you know in the text that no one is challenging his authority. No one is saying, Jesus, what's wrong with you? Everyone is backing up. Because when the righteous one shows up doing his righteous work, no one has anything to say. And the reason he was turning it over is because they were being exorbitant. They were taking advantage of this. And, and I don't know it's easy for you to think uh, 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 he was sh- showing the temple that it should have been the court of the Gentiles. She should have been welcoming people from all over the place of, of different backgrounds and they should have been being able to draw near to God. But they had taken up that space with all of their busyness and all of their junk and all of their manipulation and all that they wanted the kingdom of God to be instead of what he had had made it already. And I believe the same way we we are the temples. The Bible says we are called the temple of the Holy Ghost. What if The work that he was doing, turning over those tables is a very individual work he wants to do in my life and in my heart, and he wants to turn over some stuff because I've fallen in love with things, and I've fallen in love with my way, and I've fallen in love, and I've gotten into patterns that are inconsistent with his will and inconsistent with his word, but I need him to come into my life unannounced as who he is, the king, and turn it upside down, throw it around, flip it around, and get me back on mission what's my mission to pray pray yes. we're going downtown to pray it's not popular i can't tell you how many times i've done the unite prayer walks and somebody's going to come up to me every walk and say it's all we're going to do is pray wow. Wow. like when is you know when do we do the chance like take them down take them down wow. Because we're just like them, we want something now. I want to manipulate him. I can only appeal to him. I can only plead with him. But I've got to say like Jesus did uh, when he was in the garden, going through the worst moment in his life, nevertheless in my pain, not my will, but your will be done. He taught us to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. When he's the king, it is no longer about my will. It is only about his will being active in my life. And if his will is for me to always pray and not faint and not give up and not quit, then I will always pray, not give in, not cave in and quit. prayer is not the last step it is the primary thing that a house of God do you know what your name is your name is Bethel house of God you're always to commune and communicate and pray and petition it's what we're assigned to do we intercede and maybe you've forgotten your place but it's not too late for you to make the difference in somebody's life through your prayer petition I'm out of time, so you, you got to see this last point here. It's, it's, it's not a point, but it's an observation. If you look in verse 14, he says, and the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. I, I just, when they got it, when, when people get a glimpse of the right Jesus, right. he's still attractive. Yeah, ah, that's so good. That's so good. Wow he's still meeting needs. Hallelujah. He's saying, if you're going to be on mission with me, then I'm going to turn your heart back to the work I do and the people I do it for. Hallelujah. He is saying, this is what we're here for. Oh, yeah. Sometimes we're crying out for what we cannot control, and while what we can control is right in front of us, Pastor Bruce got up and said, you know, it's some emotionally hurt and hurting people, and we begin to pray for this, and I'm going to tell you, God's word doesn't go out and return void, it accomplishes something, and if he says you're healed, you're killed by the stripes of Jesus. It's not manipulation, it's a declaration of the promise of God over your life.
1: Hallelujah! Glory to God!
0: Puts you back on mission. And they begin, stand to your feet, they begin to praise God. The scriptures said they begin to praise God saying, oh no, but the chief priests and the, and the scribes saw this wonderful things that he did and, and the children crying out in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David. They were indignant. The good fight promoter is still having the fight on his terms. And they said to him, do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you never read out of the mouth of infants and nursing babies you have prepared praise? When Jesus does what he's assigned to do and he's not manipulated by man, our mission becomes clear. The people we're here to serve become clear. And it also produces this other byproduct of worship. Next Sunday, we're gonna get the opportunity to celebrate life, death, sinless life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's the greatest greatest news the planet has ever, ever had. Pastor Rice calls it the ultimate human right. And when you're on mission, when you actually see the manifest presence of God and you don't want to get into manipulation, you join Him in mission. Praying for your neighbor, praying for your nation, praying for your city, praying for the open door, touching their sickness, interacting with their life. Jesus is giving you as a congregation of believers the strength and ability and the the manifestation of who he is as king to step into somebody's life with authority and tell them those simple things the Lord have need of you don't worry so much if you say things right just say things that are aligned with his will Just maybe you don't have the perfect words the perfect words don't come but remember I told you this a couple weeks ago there's one day where people are open to the gospel and they're expecting an invitation for you and if you don't give them an invitation they think something's wrong with them please use the next Sunday's three services and Good Friday service there's an opportunity to see somebody that doesn't know the way somebody that doesn't know the truth somebody that doesn't know the life and saved
1: that was an incredible message I wouldn't normally interrupt but some of you are offended with God he didn't rescue you when you thought. Thought of John the Baptist, the appointed messenger. He asked her, are you the one that didn't go the way he thought? In fact, Jesus said, blessed is the man who doesn't fall away. Do you realize you can fall out of fellowship with Christ because of offense? Some of you are offended with God today. Hadn't healed you. Hadn't saved your marriage. Hasn't been fasted. The only reason I mention this is you don't want to be offended with God going into resurrection Sunday. Because when we're offended with God, some of you are embittered with God. And when that happens, it doesn't cut you off from your salvation. It cuts you off from the experience of God. You'd say today, Pastor, I think I may be offended with God. Pray for me. Put your hand up right now. Put him up high. Let's see him. I want Pastor James, wherever he is, to pray for you. Or I'll pray for you. That's fine. Holy Spirit, I thank you for these. Keep him up high. Where we've been offended with you. We just couldn't manipulate you. You weren't the Messiah we expected, Lord. You weren't the Messiah the Pharisees expected. They tried to kill you. You weren't the Messiah John the Baptist expected. And he almost denied you. Lord, where we've been offended with you. Lord, we've been embittered by you. Forgive us. Ask him to forgive you right now. Cleanse that offense. Cleanse that bitterness. Come and touch us by your spirit, Lord. Amen. All right. Well, God bless you.